You're listening to Finale, Episode 6, Boardwalk Empire. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finale, the podcast that revisits the series finale of a beloved TV show that at least one of us has watched. Usually you. Mainly me. I'm Ron Richards, and as always, I'm with Carrie Angolia. Hello. Hello. And uh, this time around, I picked the show. Yeah. Which I feel like in previous incarnations, either you picked it or we picked it together. But I, this is one I added to the list. Yeah, I've been procrastinating this on one. this one. Yeah, so yeah th- I was really resistant. You were really resistant. I was especially resistant. Uh, and you were resistant to Boardwalk Empire, which was a more recent show. It was in one of those HBO dramas. It ran for 56 episodes during five seasons. It premiered on September 19th, 2010. And the series finale aired on October 26th, 2014. Uh, This was uh, developed by Martin Scorsese and Mark Wahlberg. And I want to say, yeah, Terrence Winter was the, uh, Terry Winter was the showrunner. I like that you went Terrence Winter, you know, Terry. Terry. My pal Terry. Like I would know, I don't know either of those people. But the premise of the book is that it is, uh, it was. Or the show. Or the show. The premise of the show (laughs) is that it was inspired by the book Boardwalk Empire, The Birth, High Times, and Corruption of Atlantic City. And it focused on a fictional character, although based on a real char- real person, but uh, the fictional character of Enoch Nucky Thompson, played by Steve Buscemi. And the series finale uh, was just a one hour. It was 59 minutes. It was just a, the length of an episode. And yeah, and a lot happened in it. Um, yeah. So, so in turn, before we get into it, history-wise... Have you ever seen any Boardwalk Empire in your life? No, zero. So you know, do you even know what it was a like? What do you when you hear Boardwalk Empire? What what came to mind? What comes to mind? The mob. Okay. A boardwalk. Okay. So, but you knew Steve Buscemi was in it, and I knew Steve Buscemi was in right, it. You were in New York. You saw the ads. Yeah, yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, so basically, all I had seen of it was the promotional materials, right? right. Anything. Any HBO stuff, any, you know, Subway ads, stuff like that, and a little bit here or there. And the other thing I know about it was your insistence that it's a fantastic show. Yeah. And you think, I, I actually would like it, and I need to get over my... Whatever block you... We'll get, to the, we'll get to the block yeah. later on. Now, personally, for me, this was a hotly anticipated show when it was announced for me. Because, I mean, produced by Scorsese. Yeah. Right? Terry Winter... Is just great. I do love Terry. Um, right. Are you going to give and, me any information about who Terry Winter is? <laughs> Possibly. Um, but no, but the reason why I liked it so much is because, you know, it being based on so much history that is tied right. to New York, right? I mean, like Atlantic City, New Jersey, say what you will, but it takes place during Prohibition. Uh, Focus is actually the first season starts when Prohibition begins, and the, sh- the life of the show goes through all of Prohibition. And, you know, like you're right, it's their ties to the earliest days of the of the mob, uh, organized crime, uh, both in Atlantic City, New York, and Chicago. Uh, it just, right, and it's like in that time period, the 20s. If, like if that, the mob existed. The, the, which the mafia doesn't exist. Of it's just the myth. Not. We know that. But, um, but so Terrence Winter, you know him from his work on The Sopranos, and then um, after this, he actually worked on Vinyl, Your right? Ill-Fated, show. my other favorite show, right? Yeah, and from a movie st- movie stand right standpoint, he wrote The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh- 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So he's he, Terrence Winter has got a nice little uh, nice little resume. He also early early career worked on Xena Warrior Princess. I did love that show. Yeah. So and the Cosby Mysteries, which I'm sure he regrets now. I and so do I. I mean, at the time, who knew? Who I mean, it was, the, it was the mid '90s. At least a hundred women. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I so in 2010 when this came out, this was one of my favorite shows. It was my friend's favorite shows, and the reason why I loved it so much was for an hour of my life, it felt like every episode felt like a movie. Absolutely, it, it felt every episode felt like I was transported to the 20s in this time of prohibition and early days of mob stuff. And admittedly, you know, I like you know, I did a whole podcast about Goodfellas. I, you know, like I'm Italian. Oh, you did? I did, yeah. Um, Goodfellasminute.com. That's the kind of you know the kind of content that I like. It's, it's in your but, real house, yeah. But this production, I did not expect this production to be as just wonderful as it was. I mean, the production values, it was very expensive. I, I was telling you before we started, the, the pilot episode cost $18 million to, uh, to shoot, uh, which is crazy. The budget for the, the last season, season five, for eight episodes was $87.2 million. I mean, which is, it's just pretend money at that point. Right. I don't know. You can't even, yeah. I can't even count yeah. that high. But so, so much happened in these five seasons. I could talk all about this five seasons, but we're just talking about the series finale, the last episode. What did you think of it? I mean, how do you, I don't know how to sum it up in a sentence. I will say the first 15 to 20 minutes. Yes. The only note I took was, this is a fucking beautiful, beautiful show, and I have no idea what's going on. It was very plot heavy. It went like, (laughs) these people in their relationship, and these people in their relationship, these people in their relationship, these people in their relationship. I think it was... It, it might have been 20 to 30 minutes before we looped back around to yeah. a character that we had seen already. Right. And it was clear to me that we were trying to wrap everything up, that Steve Buscemi characters was... Nucky. Nucky. That's, I don't really like to say that. I don't know why. why. Nucky. Nucky. Oh, yeah, I don't like You get that. used to it after five seasons. All right. Yeah. Uh, he was clearly trying to wrap things get up out. and move on. Right. He clearly had done some things. He was not going to do those things anymore. But also knowing the reputation of the show, I hadn't heard. There were no spoilers. I didn't hear about the ending. Right. But I also know that, so spoiler alert, because I'm about to spoil it okay. for anyone who'd seen it. Or hasn't seen it. Or hasn't. Yeah, if you haven't watched Boardwalk Empire, why are you listening to this show? Yeah, don't listen to this. Yeah, but this anyway, is a horrible go show Go watch for the five to... seasons and then come back. Anyway, so. Um, he always gets shot. <laughs> like he always dies he always does so I have like very minimal notes on this because I right. really was absorbed in the whole thing but I was like please don't shoot him please don't shoot him that's my other note please well, don't so, shoot so, him yeah, so, so the, the very last scene is the, Steve Buscemi's character's death Nucky Thompson's death and I, I think that's choice of it ending in that direction is really interesting because you know even comparing back to Terrence Winter's previous work on The Sopranos you know with David Chase and all this sort of stuff the did Tony get shot or not you know like right. and and quite often so many of these especially these HBO shows like the one you know the epic six feet under series finale that Everybody shows you everyone's dies. well everyone dies but you show you see their life and like it, you know like their their lives extend beyond the last episode this is one of the rare I honestly at this point now the rare few shows Shows where it's like we're gonna kill off the main character at the very end, right? Like, like that's you know, the end of the like show. There's con- like there's con- there's consequences to his life and his choices. Yes. And now that that's why like I, I want you to go. I, you never will, but I want you to go back and watch all five seasons of this. Well, because... I'm gonna I'm gonna pause. Okay. We may have a winner. Whoa! Talk about burying the lead. 
expand, elaborate. So part of my resistance yeah. to watching this is because I don't like people Vi- getting shot. You don't like violence. Like I just, it's yeah. not, I'm not down with it. I'm right. not into it. It's not entertaining to me. Right. So I was like, it's just going to be people getting shot. And it's going to be the tension that comes with people. You know people are going to get shot. And right. it's just... There was a scene where people are following him. And I felt you kind of tense up uh, on the couch. And, yeah, uh, it was, so. it's stressful. Yeah. This was really good. Yeah. Like, this is beyond... I was actually thinking when he... There's one scene where he's, I guess, picking up his old stuff from where he used to live. Yes. He lived in an apartment above the nightclub he owned. I was thinking this would be an amazing first episode. Like, up until that point, to then go back and be and try to figure out what is he trying to wrap up? What is he trying to get away from? Who is that woman in the hospital? Is she faking? Are we supposed to believe that she's really with it or that he thinks she's clever, yeah. but really she's sick? All of that stuff. And then, you know, all the, the machinations I went through in my head of trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Right. I mean, that's, that was very intriguing. I feel like every finale we've watched so far has been, it was clear that they were tying things up and like tying up relationships, but those relationships were so clearly complicated and nuanced and And I wanted to know more. And lengthy. And like, and so I I was kind of worried when we started watching this because you're right, this definitely is an epilogue episode Mm. in that the, the, the arc of this season, and they mentioned it in the episode if you picked up on it, but the arc of the season was a war. Yeah. So, so did, did you pick up on who the other gangsters were? I mean, some of them, right. but like I mean, Al Cap- obviously Capone. Al Capone, obviously. The the meeting with the round table, did you know who the guy, that guy was giving that speech? No. That was Lucky Luciano. Oh, and he, right. So when right. Buscemi went to the club, they Luciano said Mr. Wouldn't Luciano like wouldn't like it. Could, they could, ran that guy out of town. Basically, yeah. yeah. And so so this is the epilogue episode where he's ta- he's wrapping things up. He's, he's trying like, it's He's done. trying to set everybody, everybody right. up. He's trying to, everybody that he's responsible for, he's trying he's to take care of. He's a very sympathetic character in yeah. this episode. Well, in the what whole I'm, show. What I'm show. worried about is that I go back and watch it because I, I got the feeling halfway through. Oh, I was like, he's not a good man, is he? I really uh, want him to be a good man from I, this last episode. So it's been three years since I've watched a minute of this show. Yeah. So some time has passed. But after watching five years of or four years of it, Five years, 2010, 2011, 2012, five years, five seasons, five years. Um, you never, when it's a zero, like 2010, I always forget that counts as one. Like zero is one, and 2011 is two, right? That's weird. Counting from zero is weird. Anyway, after watching the, <laughs> after, after watching the series for five years, and maybe I'm sympathetic to Buscemi in general, but his character. But I feel like the and they they said this in in this episode in the in the younger flashback, which I want to get to. But he said that he wants to do good. He just doesn't know how, or something right. along those lines. And that's basically the theme of the show: is that Nucky is in Nucky is a character who's trying to do good and being the man he needs to be. He even said that in this episode. But dealing with the situations that arise and. This epilogue was interesting because not only was it him wrapping up, but it was book. It, w- it was alternating with flashbacks with his childhood, right. and we end with the pivotal moment that started everything that we watched for the past five years, and and that's a case of him trying to do good, but also trying to move forward, move do forward. what he needs exactly. to do. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so let me ask this question. Were the flashbacks throughout the show? Just season five. 
So you knew who that kid was when you first with, saw him. With the bad teeth, yeah. Well, because there was part of me in my head, I was like, man, there's a the little kid with teeth, and then there's also Steve Buscemi. Like, what are the chances you're going to hire two actors, both with like, really particular looks about them? I'm fairly certain those teeth were fake on the kid. Yeah. Yeah, I hope, I mean, or I hope so. Well, I also have like was like, oh, I bet he could just get those fit. And then right. I was like, why am I doing this? Right. Why am I thinking um, about no, this? No, no, yeah. So that that was the, those flashbacks went through the whole last season, and it gave us a sense of who Nucky was and how he got to where he was, and culminating in this episode. And I, but so again, now, now how long did it them, take for you to pick up that that was a flashback versus you mentioned it just now? Oh, so you did? You had no, no idea. Even though now that you say it, it's like of course because of. They were in two totally different time periods. Right. Like, Atlantic City just keeps changing from so, sea to scene. I, well, I didn't know it could have been, that could have been happening somewhere else. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, that could have been happening. Yeah, but the dress was different and all the... Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, that it was like That was like 1890s versus yeah. 1930s. Yeah. Yep, it was. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or 1880s even, I think it might have been. Or 1890s I mean, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And then I also had like, wow, everyone in this show is named Thompson. <laughs> I just did that. <laughs> it's just Nucky and his younger Nucky. And the Mrs. Thompsons. And Mrs. Thompsons, yes, yeah. The various Mrs. Thompsons. So Mrs. Thompson was Mrs. Thompson. No, no. Mrs. Thompson was a new Mrs. Thompson. Oh. That's so confusing. in the flashback, Nucky was married to his original wife, who's no longer in the picture. And then um, Mrs. Thompson, who we saw the the stockbroker, uh, the stock scene, um, yeah. was his wife in during the se- season, and that's a plot point from season one. So, I mean, just to give you a little, I don't want to spoil the show, but just to give you a little. Season one starts. She's a fresh off the boat Irish immigrant that he notices and woos, and then um, ends up, you know, and she's got a she's got a, a abusive husband, and he uses his power to put the husband in jail, and then take her and her kids, and then they get married, and then it goes badly, and all that sort of stuff. Um, did you pick up who she was working with in the stock thing? I mean, like in real life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know who that guy was. It was Joe Kennedy. Oh, what a oh. I almost said that I didn't like Joe Kennedy. But well, yeah, I <laughs> Yeah, um, no, I they said yeah, Kennedy. They, they said Kennedy. They said Kennedy and a I couple just times, was like, yeah. oh yeah. Um that that's one of the things that that for me made Boardwalk Empire so much fun is that it because it's based on reality, so they ha- they they were very fearless in weaving in real people. Yeah. So like at one point Lucky Luciano, so in in some of the mob in the, the New York scenes, Lucky Luciano was there with Meyer Lansky mm-hmm. and the other guy who who was limping. Inventor fun fact, inventor the Meyer Lemon. Really? Oh, I was oh. going to say, like, what a career. All right. Both point. the mob's bookkeeper and the lemons. Points for me, though. All right, good job. Um, the other guy was supposed to be Bugsy Siegel. Um, so they had no problem weaving in real, real people. And at one point, Lucky Luciano says, years ago, I went to Atlantic City with AR. Uh, that was Arnold Rothstein, who was the guy who is a professional gambler and believed to be the orchestrator of the 1919 White Sox throw. Oh. Not, or one of the orchestrators. Um, oh, throwing a sports reference yeah, to but really knock me off am- my game. Amazingly played by Michael Stuhlbarg, on who oh you you know him you know him when you, I'll show you a picture you know him he's right. and he's that that there's a reason alone enough to go watch this is to see Michael Stuhlbarg as as Arnold Rothstein like I used to we would joke I wanted a spinoff show with Arnold Rothstein and Lucky Luciano and I would just watch that show it was great but, oh I also didn't know the story about Al Capone's son 
that that is true too. That's real. He had a deaf son, and yeah, that was so sweet. I, how so? In this last episode, we see the fall of Al Capone for tax evasion, and as I as we were watching it again, I was thinking, I was like, wow, this show made me really care about Al Capone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, baseball bat and all. Right, yeah. I mean, he didn't have the baseball bat yeah. in this episode. I don't know if he did during this show, but that's that's my thought. Um, going back to Mrs. Thompson. Um, the second Mrs. Thompson? The second the Mrs. Thompson. Yeah. Uh, she was in train spotting. Yes. Did you? Okay, yeah. She's, yeah. she's great. I, she's lovely. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. phenomenal. I mean, yeah. the cast alone. Casting was amazing. Regardless and you didn't of if even I get, know you, anybody's name. You didn't even get to see half the, I mean, because you only watched one episode. But there's an entire season where Bobby Cannavale comes in and owns the show. I love him. Season three, he plays Jip, Jip Rossetti and a crazy Italian mobster and like and goes to war with Nucky kind of. And it like that season, like all of us, like, he, like I don't want to tell you what happens, but we're like, can he just come back? Like it was so good. So that's a reason to watch it as well, too. Um, also. Uh, as well. Too. So going back to the woman in the hospital. Yes. No idea. No idea, none. Okay. I I mean, he clearly was afraid of her in some way, like right. really felt beholden to her and the psychology of her silence. The body language. And, and just the... him going, What do you want from me? What do you want from me? And she's like, Ladybugs are pretty. And then the and then the warden comes over and yeah. she Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I don't know. Now, when you watched it, you know the history. Did you know if she was really out of it or yes. if she was faking? Yes. And which is it? She's holding the cards close to her vest. She's playing them. Oh, yeah. man. So, now think about what you just saw. Think about the last scene in the flashbacks. Oh. Hot damn. So, in the flashbacks of young Nucky... There's a, he's talking to a girl who's in the mermaid parade. She happened to be, there was a, previous episodes you met her and she was kind of like living on the boardwalk and him as the deputy, he was trying to chase her down and, and deal with her. And that's the pivotal moment is that the Commodore, the guy with the mustache sees her. Yeah, that was her. so hard to watch. So now, right. So that, that's the pivotal moment that this whole show was based on. And when you go back and watch season one, you'll understand a bit more, but Go to Nucky's. Nucky gets shot by uh, Tommy Darmody, mm-hmm. and he says, "And and he at one point I forget." Oh, the, grandmother. Yep. I don't know. Those ages don't work out to me, but okay. Right. Well, you see the show, but so in if you watch all five seasons of this, that moment when you find out that that was Tommy Darm- Tommy Darmody, you freak out. It, you freak out because it, because it is completely a boomerang you think that all that past stuff is gone and there's no way to catch back up with them and it and it did yeah so uh, but you don't even know the context so. in a big way in a big way in the biggest way <laughs> but i thought i mean i thought it was really well chosen direction like it was a satisfying end because it circled back to the origin the origin of the show yeah you know it circled back to season one which is you know what you want it felt i was sad to see him get shot but I, I felt closure. Well, I'm glad story. you felt closure. Yeah. I mean, but he does. I mean, he really does. I feel like he gets killed in everything. Well, I mean, Reservoir Dogs, Fargo. I mean, he's been in a lot more things that he hasn't died in. Does he die in Big Lebowski? Maybe. I know someone's going to email or tweet at me and just say, of course he dies. Yes, he does die because they do his ashes. You're right. Uh, duh. They do. You're right. I'm right. You're right well, out there I, on the internet. You're nodding. <laughs> I said he did. That's yeah. where I came from. Yeah. I don't think he does in Ghost World. 
No, he doesn't die in Ghost World. So, so we've got that going for we us. We've got going for us. So, um, all right. Well, wow. This is. Well, do you have any other notes before we move on here? I mean, there are three mysterious things in the world. What are they? The work of the bees, the movement of the tides, and the mind of a woman. That was Joe Kennedy talking to Mrs. Thompson about her stock machinations. What a dick. Did you you, you, you like that or did not like that? Um, no, I did. I thought it was a good line. Yeah. I also like that she was like, shut up and get out of here. <laughs> the guy playing uh, Joe Kennedy, Matt Leisher, I think he's really good and I can't remember what. Oh, he was in The Flash. He plays the reverse, pla- reverse Flash, Eubar Thawne. That's what I saw him recently in. Very cool. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. Rever- reverse Flash. That's a whole nother podcast. It sure is. Man, I'm so excited for you that there's so much more of this show that you get to watch that you get that you possibly see. Yeah, it, we're, we're, she's, I've got the cast in front of us, and I know, and, and I'm you're like, pointing out names like Elliot Ness, and yeah. There we go. Well, yeah, this and is, you never even got to see Chalky White. That's a ridiculous name. Oh, you'll see, you'll see, Michael Kenneth Williams. He's fantastic. He's amazing. All right. Well, so any other comments or notes on Boardwalk Empire other than a thumbs up? Like I'm, I'm blown away that you now you want to watch this show. Yeah, no, that was a that was a goddamn. God that was like damn. That was good. Great. That was very good. All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this win. I'm gonna I'm gonna savor it. Yeah. All right. So that's gonna wrap up this edition of Finale. Uh, make sure you follow us at Finale Podcast uh, on Twitter and at Finale Podcast on Facebook. And you can find all of our previous episodes over at FinalePodcast.com. Um, if you have any questions or a show you want us to talk about that you want to make Carrie watch. Uh, email us at contact.finalepodcast.com. Until then, I'm Ron. I'm Carrie. And we still don't have an ending to the show. No, this is what we do. This is what it is now. Wow. Wow is right. <laughs> <laughs>